Hello, fellow lovers of all things green. I'm Mary Stone, and welcome to Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries. It's not only about gardens, it's about nature's inspirations, about grasping the glories of the world around us, gathering what we learn from Mother Nature, and carrying these lessons into our garden of life. So let's jump in in the spirit of learning from each other. We have lots to talk about. It's Mary Stone of Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries in the Garden of Life. Once again, I'm on the screen porch. It's morning time. I have my cup of coffee, and I have Ellie by my side. (laughs) You probably are hearing the buzz of a critter in the trees. That's the cicadas that always remind me of back to school. We're going to talk a little bit about cicadas today. But before I get to that, I want to just share something. I, um... I took a walk at Camp Mohican, which is just up the road a piece, contiguous to the Appalachian Trail. I frequent there often, um, not as often as of late because of uh, Ellie's lameness. Um, And so I decided yesterday, let's give it a try. It's quite a steep slope as you meander up Camp Road. There's a a racing brook, which isn't racing too much right now because we have been a little bit dry, but... uh, It was trickling, and it's always a lovely sound, and she was so excited. Her sounds are so funny, I had to take a recording of it. We're heading up to Camp Mohican, and Ellie knows we are. Isn't that so fun? I mean, really, she just jumps out of her skin. We all should get so excited when we go to places we love. I did park at the bottom of the hill. We meandered our way up. We did really well, and uh, she's very stubborn. She wants to keep going, and uh, I turned her around at the point where I knew we had to go back, and so as we were heading back, she was getting a little bit draggy and so forth. So one of the reasons I I go there, or I should say over the years of going there, uh, I had a a soulful twin brother named Bill, who I still have in my heart. Uh, He passed away Christmas time. It'll be six years this year. And uh, after he passed, I I would notice these heart-shaped stones on the trail as I head up there. And they literally just pop out at me. So I would pick them up and I put them originally by the the racing little brook there, I'm going to call it, or trickling mountain stream. And uh, as time went on, I would put them in different places, but it's gotten to be the guardrail as I go up that they are sitting on, and actually it's well protected by this poison ivy vine right now. And so part of the reason I wanted to visit there is uh, I'm having a milestone birthday uh, a day from now, actually two days from now, but when you're hearing this, I'm sure it has already passed. I'm a little afraid to say the day or the the year, so I'm not sure I'm going to share that, but maybe as this podcast goes on. Maybe as I chat a little further, I'll have the courage. Oh, just say it, Mary, just say it. I'm going to be 60, which is crazy to me, but uh, a privilege to get older, isn't it? So one of the things I um, didn't mention when I was sharing Ellie's illnesses with the tick-borne diseases is that there was also a nerve degeneration, and there's a medical name for it, geriatric something opathy. I should learn it, I guess, but I'm, I guess I'm in a little bit denial that this could be what's going on. But anyway, what's been happening um, more severely before she was treated for the tick diseases was her legs would splay out. 
and she would be tripping here and there and actually sometimes pretty badly but so anyway yesterday we had that happen again and so I find myself in this place of anticipation of her failing and she is 11-ish I don't know exactly because she's a rescue but I just reflect on the time when my dear brother Bill heard his diagnosis which was rather dramatic actually not rather dramatic very dramatic it was a appendix cancer that showed up um, I won't get graphic about it but anyway it was very traumatic and he was amazingly heroic through his very short period of time of trying to remain alive and um, anyway during those six months I found myself anticipating and waiting because the diagnosis was so grim and uh, it's an interesting point this aging thing I mean we all eventually move along don't we and uh, I believe it's sort of like the rhythm of nature you know cycles of life so I am getting into a deep hole here and maybe you're not in the mood of hearing all this stuff it's not really negative it's just part of life but uh, I wanted to share that the Bill's stones the heart-shaped stones were sitting proudly under the poison ivy vine in protection <laughs> oh boy oh boy anyway Thanks for listening. We'll get on to our topic. So about the cicadas, I have to say they always remind me of back to school. And a while back I was working on a project with Morristown Airport here in New Jersey. And um, I had the opportunity to be involved in the installation, overseeing things, you know, placing the plants and all that good stuff. So I wrote a column about it. Hello, fellow listeners. The sound of late summer cicadas brings back the memory of nagging indication it's time to return to school. The trepidation was more about nervousness of being in a new class. Once the newness wore off, it wasn't that bad. There's much to learn in this garden of life beyond the classroom for those that remain curious. While overseeing a project designed for Morristown Airport in New Jersey, a cicada sat down beside me on a boulder placed in a garden there. The Little Miss Muffet poem came to mind, though he didn't frighten me away. Rather, I sat in awe of his big green eyes and translucent wings and asked out loud, Are you okay? Then came curious looks from the landscapers. I'm sure they must have thought I was nuts, but I literally did talk to this thing, and I do that a lot, by the way. (laughs) I wondered if the digging brought the little guy to the surface before he was ready to emerge. About a year ago, you may recall the cicada invasion just south of here. But what sat down beside me was not a periodical cicada that emerged every 13 or 17 years. He was an annual cicada, also known as Dog Day or North American cicada, that emerge in late summer every year. Their life cycle is similar but shorter, only remaining underground two to five years. Then they surface and molt to become adults with wings. They find their way on deciduous trees and shrubs to mate, The loud shrill are the males singing to attract females. Leave it to the boys to make such a ruckus. But it's the girls that cause damage when cutting slits into branches to lay eggs. The damage is not worrisome, though, because there are relatively few cicadas, few annual cicadas, I should say, unlike when the swarms of periodical cicadas emerge. They don't sting or bite and provide protein for wildlife such as birds, even foxes. The back-to-school cicada sound draws me back into the garden, a perfect time to weed out the undesirables such as Japanese stiltgrass. Botanical name is Microstichium 
Vermininium. Yeah, I'm stumbling because I'm not fluent in the botanical names, even though I took Latin in high school. <laughs> they are difficult but important to use, especially when you're buying plant material, because the botanical names are scientific and specific, whereas common names can mean many plants, many different kinds of plants. So, so there you go. A perfect time to weed out the undesirable, such as Japanese stiltgrass, before it goes to seed that remains viable for several years. It looks like mini bamboo and seems to be taking over the world in shady forest floors and sunny garden spots. It's also a perfect time to tweak your garden with end-of-season perennial finds from your local nursery. For lawn enthusiasts, late August into September is a good time to fill in bald patches, aerate, and seed. Nights become cooler and morning dew will return, making it easier for seeds to germinate. Legend has it, when the annual cicadas first emerge, Frost will arrive six weeks later to the day. Plenty of time to get out and garden. Garden dilemmas? AskMaryStone.com By the way, if you go on to the Garden Dilemmas site, you will see the photo of that cute little guy with the green eyes and translucent wings. It's very cute. I mean, they really are very cute. You should take a look. A little bit more about my soulful twin brother, Bill. I call him a soulful twin because we actually weren't twins per se. We were close in age and went through school together in the same grade. And we were very, very close. And uh, of course, um, I still feel a connection to him. One of the things I I often thought and still do, how wise my brother is and, and how many lessons he taught me and in fact has inspired me to write a book that's underway called Lesson of the Leaf. And uh, so I'd like to share a side note that I wrote below the cicada column. I think it may inspire you. Many of you asked how I made out at the writer's conference I attended in New York City, which felt like back to school. You are so kind. Day one felt overwhelming being introduced to things I didn't know I didn't know. Day two, meeting agents. I almost bailed not feeling ready, exaggerated by what I didn't know I didn't know. One conference-goer encouraged, what do you have to lose? Good point. No doubt whatever embarrassment or rejection I experienced would soon be forgotten, at least by the agents. It turns out three agents are interested. Maybe they were just being polite. Vacillating from sure to insecure seems to be a common human condition. There was a chalkboard larger than life at the end of the hallway titled, Vulnerability is Sexy. The signatures and sentiments created a loud art of encouragement. Stepping outside of your comfort zone rocks. So sharing the cicada column brings me to the column that I wrote about the design that I produced for the Morristown Airport called Gardens Glow. I think you'll enjoy it. Hello, fellow listeners. Do you recall as a kid waiting until the last minute to finish your homework? As adults, it's not about waiting, more about not having a minute to spare. Rush, 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 you know the drill. Last on the list is my own garden. When I do make the time, it brings me joy, but frustration too as I focus on the things that could be better, if I only could keep up. I'll bet you know the drill too. It seems most of us are equipped with a not good enough button. This week I delivered a presentation to Morristown Airport, who graciously asked for help with their beautification program. The industrial characteristics of the site and requirements for low maintenance felt overwhelming. 
How do you make a massive facility of macadam, runways, buildings, chain-link fences, heat and drying winds beautiful with little effort? Then, of course, there's the dilemma of deer. To the rescue comes a colleague with a depth of plant knowledge and gift of combining them beyond the ordinary. My modest mentor and friend would blush if I mentioned her name. I shared the assignment, and she willingly slogged in the heat to help take measurements while we brainstormed ideas. A few days before the homework was due, we met again and powwowed over the challenges of the site, which required large-scale and consecutive plantings to connect each area with a consistent style. My colleague came up with the most luminous idea. A green and white color theme will be fresh and visually cooling. The white blooms and foliage will glow at dusk and dawn, which, by the way, is when most folks use that small municipal airport, you know, flying out in their small planes. So at dusk and dawn, they'll see this glowing white theme. She suggested horse chestnut to set the stage with companion plants of Coosa dogwood, the white flowering one, bottlebrush buckeye, and butterfly bush, white profusion, to offer a sequence of blooms throughout the growing season. Variegated Japanese silvergrass and salvia, white rain, plus white potentilla will be the icing on the cake. At 5 a.m., the light barely breaking, I rose to put the finishing touches on the presentation and glanced outside. In my garden, the chasta daisies glowed in their glory. Next to them, the husky leaves of oak leaf hydrangea and the fine elegance of variegated silvergrass. I marveled at the vignette of perfect plant companions, and in that moment, my garden spoke to me. I'm glorious enough. It's not about being perfect. It's about learning, growing, and serving others to help light up the world. Thank you, my dear friend, for sharing your glow. Garden Dilemmas? AskMaryStone.com Thanks for listening. You can follow Garden Dilemmas on Facebook or online at GardenDilemmas.com and on Instagram at hashtag Mary Elaine Stone. Garden Dilemmas, Delights, and Discoveries is produced by Alex Bartling. Thanks for coming by. I look forward to chatting again from my screen porch. And always remember to embrace the unexpected in this garden of life. Have a great day. Garden Dilemmas